Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Well, I'll tell you what, more... Than the three of us in this room, four, including Travis behind the camera, more than anybody out there thought possible, Texas brought it in the Coliseum, and it was an entertaining game. It was a great game to be on the sideline for there at the end. Texas falls short to USC 27-24 in double overtime, and the score gives you an indication that we've got a lot to dissect and talk about here on this week's edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howell. Let me bring in the rest of the team so we don't waste any more time. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, how was your weekend? A uh, great weekend. It was better because of that Texas game. It was one of those days I quit talking to Travis on the way in. It was the first time where you had a Saturday that even though the result maybe wasn't what you expected, it was sort of the back to, oh, my day just didn't get my heart ripped out for a second where you actually were happy and the rest of your day went on and Enjoyed seeing the way a game was played. The third member of our team who has played in many, many games, many great games, made plays to win some of those games for the Longhorns back in his day. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American. Rod, that's where you're supposed to jump in and talk about the uh, game you had against Oklahoma State. Uh, yeah, this is true. No, it was a good yeah. game. It was a great game. But I gave up a play in that game that put us in that position. See, so uh, I had to bail myself and our team out of the crap I put us in. He's yeah. his own worst critic. Self-critical. You know, but he's a renaissance man here on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American. 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos. And a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. Could have been a CFL Hall of Famer. This is true. If he had a T-ring, he would wear it proudly. We need to make that happen. <laughs> Tom Herman, Fernando Lovo, if you're listening, help Rodney get his T-ring. <laughs> yeah. no, number 21 in your program. Some say the greatest number 21 in the history of the Texas program, but he will always be number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. It's great intro, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, greatest number 21 in football Yes, history. this is true. Absolutely. We have to, we have to yeah. preface that. Yeah, yeah. On the gridiron. Break, yeah, on the gridiron. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want the, yeah, the baseball guys. I don't want Jason Klotz getting mad. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, uh, I don't know where we want to start um, with breaking down Texas-USC. And uh, Texas comes up short, and it's interesting to see how the fan base has reacted to the game because yeah. I think while while over the overwhelming majority of Texas fans are happy that not only did Texas compete better than anybody thought they would, they had a chance to actually win the game and push the number four team in the country in their own backyard to the absolute limit. But I think there's also a portion of the fan base that now that the loss has had a chance, you've had a chance to digest it Mm -hmm. and the kind of the come down from the emotion and and all of that from Saturday. I think a lot of the anchors is now directed towards the offense and what the heck happened. Why did it bog down so much? How does Chris Warren only get four carries? What are you going to do with this offensive line now that it's a, you can honestly say this offensive line's a liability now yeah. with no Connor Williams. Rod, think about this offensively, and this is where I want to start the conversation. Going into the season, if you if you'd asked me what's the worst case scenario the Texas offense could be, and I and I would tell you, no Shane Bouchel, no Connor Williams, because I don't know what you do at that point. Mm. And it's the second play of the second quarter against USC on the road, and boom, you're in a worst case scenario. No Shane Bouchel, no Connor Williams. I want to start by asking this, Rod. We'll get into Chris Warren. We'll get into all that. What what would you have done if you were the offensive coordinator, knowing Connor Williams is out, you don't have Shane Bouchel? What's your game plan at that point? Uh, well, I think it's kind of football common sense. A lot of people would think that if your best lineman is out and you're already dealing with 
a depleted offensive line because Patrick Hudson is out and Elijah Rodriguez went down before the season even started. Gene DeLance transfers. Gene DeLance transfers. Yeah, I forgot about that one. So you're already dealing with depleted depth on the offensive line. We all know it's easier to run block than it is to pass block, period. The more skill, the deeper you go down that depth chart, those guys are less and less skilled pass blockers. But, hey, man, you, it's easier for that guy to be a, uh, you know, a kind of a road grader than it is for him to be a skilled pass blocker. That's just number one. That's kind of going back to kind of football basics, all right, uh, football one-on-one. And you have a true freshman quarterback in there starting. True freshman quarterback, you would like to take pressure off a true freshman quarterback. You don't want to put too much pressure on them. You don't want them to have to uh, you know, throw the ball. You want them to be in manageable situations. And, and you know, you could, your, your playbook is condensed, too, which kind of lends itself to more to running the football. You're talking about expansive playbook. You're going to be talking about advanced passing concepts uh, and all that kind of stuff. So with all those things being said, I think that it was obvious, at least I thought it was obvious, that Texas was going to run the ball. Even going into that game versus USC, the number one thing to exploit versus that USC defense was their rush defense. 110th in the country in rush defense and they were 118th in yards per rush allowed. They were a mediocre rush defense anyway, and on top of that, they had front seven guys dropping like flies. Cameron Smith, starting middle linebacker, ended up getting leaving the game at one point. Port Augustin tried to play. He actually was really effective when he did play. Yeah. He had two, like a sack and a half or two sacks, but then he ended up leaving the game. That other guy said, so with the depletion on the front seven for them and all the other things I mentioned, you thought it would have been like, man, they're salivating at a 250-pound running back just sitting back there one fresh and ready think. to go. And that was not the case. So now we've noticed a troubling trend when the fit hits the shan, if you will, when it, it, it's a really a kind of, of a, heated, a heated moment in the game where momentum could go the way or you're, you're a one-possession game getting into the fourth quarter, that Tim Beck and, and Mace, Tom Herman, too, that – they not only abandon the running game, that they take it out in the backyard, shoot it dead, and bury it. <laughs> they, they don't want nothing to do with it. Both times, the quarterbacks, Shane Bouchel and Sam Ellinger, have ended up leading the team in rush attempts and pass attempts. And now you get with a, a, a situation where Sam Ellinger versus USC had more combined rushing attempts. This is without sacks than your two top running backs, Chris Warren and Kyle Porter. So we know you don't really like Chris Warren, but now you don't like Kyle Porter either. So at this point, you don't trust anybody to run the ball except for your true freshman quarterback. Man. So, so what you're saying is the uh, the running wow. game, the running game to Tim Beck and Tom Herman wow. is the rabid dog that you had to just put out of its misery, oh, yeah. right? Old Yelly. Oh, yeah, it's a good point. I guess that is it. I don't but know what the hell is going on. I could on. put this on top because I agree with everything that you're saying. And when I looked at all the numbers, because in the first quarter you end up running it six times, pass it only three times, and then you come out run it the first two plays of the second. So you're obviously running with Connor Williams, but Connor Williams gets hurt at that 1435 yeah. mark. And I agree, you don't want to necessarily abandon in it because of it being that you don't have you can still run block over pass blocking but the main reason I think that they go to the QB run game at that point is just the sheer numbers game that if you know if you're deficient on the front line you're already out you used to if you're handing the ball off you're not only taking the running back out from being a blocker but the quarterback so now you have nine guys out front blocking for one runner this way the numbers game he is at least snapping to the guy with the ball can have 10 blockers and it's the traditional reason why you have the mismatch in the first place when you go to the QB run game so I think this is them maybe being a little too worried knowing okay well if we're out Williams we definitely still have to run the ball how can we do that if our line can't block okay let's add another blocker with the running back and run the guy so I mean in that situation why not have heard and it is look I went across the whole game all three quarters the only runs that were over four yards heard Ellinger Foreman Ellinger Ellinger. It's the only time that they were having any yeah. success. No, no other runs ran could four, run more than four, five yards. Of, not even yeah. five. They yeah. didn't even get there. It was yeah. four or less or three or negative yeah. yards. So I just think that you had that commitment at the beginning. Eight of the first 11 plays were run plays. That was whenever Williams went out. After that, when they tried to run, it became a little too predictable because you were trying to do the QB run game just to get yourself the additional blocker because you don't have faith in the guys going basically nine on 11 if you're handing the ball off and taking Ellinger out of it and handing 
handing it off to a guy that was going to be a blocker. So I think that is where they went that direction. I wish they would have maybe made some better decisions, but I think that's at least why I, they I did understand. It. I understand the logic, man. My frustration is they didn't, Rod, they didn't even try. Yeah, and that does not explain Maryland. Yeah. So I understand no, what no, you're no, saying I about agree, this totally. one. That does not explain why they also abandoned the running Matt, game Matt, when the Matt, Pittis Matt, pre- versus I, Maryland. I appreciate the effort, Matt, trying yeah. to apply logic well, that's a, to it. No, 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 I mean, this is, is logical. This is why it makes perfect sense. Trying to apply logic to an illogical situation because I have no damn explanation. It's another argo. What's your best of the bad ideas? No, no, what Lohan fans are upset about is what they notice as a trend, a troubling trend that they don't like, which is now the Maryland game and this USU game. So I agree with your premise about, you know, schematically – uh, it makes sense in a numbers That's, game, yeah. but that does not explain Maryland. So now it's not explaining Agreed. the troubling trend no, developing you're, with you're Tim You're spot Beck. on with that. That's the issue. Yeah, that is a and big issue. the issue with Chris Warren. Because like, I think those are two totally different issues. Mm-hmm. I think their inability to uh, have a sufficient running game is or establish a sufficient running game is different than them not trusting or liking Chris Warren. And True. maybe they have just contributed to the same – like basically the same result, which is just having a one-dimensional uh, subpar running game in, I don't know, late in the game in fourth quarters in one-possession games. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I, I don't think anybody knows this. Yeah, point. right now. They told then- us Warren and Porter are interchangeable for, from what <laughs> they say. So they can all do the same thing. Strengths, I would say, are much different for the two of you. But they didn't like either one of them versus USC. Right. Gave up on both of them. And I think that's more indicative of the inability to move the line up front that they just – I don't think they have the faith in the whole run game as a whole. Maybe if you're pointing to a specific thing, the offensive line as a unit. But let's go – let's roll with Matt's theory because that's as good as – I've heard anybody explain at this point, and it makes total sense. You're talking about the numbers game, trying to give yourself an advantage when you don't have your best line, right? Yeah, on the fly, yeah, unexpected. That to me, then that becomes. Let's say that's what the staff was thinking, right? Say that's what they thought. Then that to me is irresponsible game planning because game planning because you've got one healthy quarterback, one, and you're going to run him ten, fifteen times on quarterback runs. What happened? What do you? What do They're you? They're just with, trying to win the game at what, that point, I guess. You know. Then use Gerard Hurd. No, agree. What do you have him back there for? I guess he doesn't have faith in him. Then, then why even put him back there? That's a great. Those are all nope. good questions. You're right. I agree with you. I mean, Hurd. Yeah, Hurd, the, Hurd, the only Hurd, run for f- at least five yards in the whole first half was a Hurd run, yeah. and he was in there at times. That later. would be like that would be like me saying, Ah, gosh, you know, I don't trust Matt to produce our show. Then why do you have him producing the show? Agreed. <laughs> no, I agree. You need. Then I'll find another role for Matt to do. Yeah. I'll have him and Travis swap places, whatever. Like, it, <laughs> hey, what's up, man? Maybe they didn't want to disrupt the rhythm that the young quarterback was getting to. Maybe they felt like they had done that in the game a few times and disrupted his rhythm and kind of hurt his confidence that he was gaining. And maybe they felt late in the game, let's Gerard Hurd, let's just go with Ellinger. Because Ellinger, we did watch him grow. Oh, that third quarter looked through. really good. Yeah, those, like, I, I, I mean, I saw it. I, it was crazy, but we saw it. There were things that – he could not handle in the first quarter that you've seen him handle better late in the game and third, especially in the fourth quarter when he, he kind of blew up and he became a man before our very eyes. So maybe t- as the game went on, I haven't looked at exactly when those rushes are that Matt mm. brought up, but maybe as the game went on, they decide, you know what, we're trusting Ellinger more with it all, yeah. all of it, even the running back, run the quarterback running game, and even in the passing game. We'll just let – I don't want to disrupt the young man. I don't want to interrupt his flow. He's feeling it right now. Let him go. All right, break time on the show. But when we come back, more Texas-USC talk on the other side on Longhorn Blitz with Horns, 247.com. This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns, 247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. Rod B., here's my issue, too, with, with the running back situation. When you, you're, you're talking about the quarterback run game and you're talking about how – you know how you're going to use Sam Ellinger and this, that, and the other. That to me doesn't explain the other troubling trend I'm notice, noticing on offense when it, when you talk about the two Power Five teams they played against. Yeah, it doesn't explain why this team it's either play calling or situational execution on third and fourth down in the, in the red zone that's so bad Man. in short yardage situations. Yeah, like the first fourth down, I. I actually agreed with the idea of I'm sounding yeah. I'm saying exactly what I said in the Maryland game. I agree with the decision to go for it right there, to the extent that Tom, I know Tom. Now, if the it was first, this is the first quarter, yes. right? Now, if it was range. if it was yep. me, if it was me, I would have taken the points. 
we know Tom Herman's an aggressive guy. You know he's going to go for it. Find or be damned. That's his nature. He's going to go for it. My problem was that was your play call on fourth and short. Like you're trying to like run some kind of zone read action for Sam Ellinger. Yeah. It was, it was. It was. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I actually when he first tackled him. I thought it was. I was like, they must have missed the fake. What's the? It <laughs> must have missed the ball. Like no, it was just. It was really. And I'll go back and dissect the play, but I was like, that was your like a quarterback call? power. Or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What and you go, is. you go to later in the game, and now they did. I, I, it, I was on the in the press box for one, on the sideline for the, for the other, on the fourth and short, on the ninety, yeah. on the ninety plus yard drive. It looked like they ran the same play that they ran earlier in the they game. Have, did they have anybody in motion? I right, think they did, that. yeah. I think they did. Did, did they Matt's have it on, on the first up. one? Did they have it on the first I one? I believe they did, yeah. Okay. So it worked the second time, didn't work the first time, whatever. But you get into situations like Tom Herman saying in the overtime period, did you think about going for two? And he said no because the throwback pass to Cade Brewer, which that was Cedric Gold and I were standing next to each other. When we saw Ellinger roll right, we're like, they're throwing it back against the grain. Who's going to be the guy? And right then, boom, we see Cade Brewer break yeah. open. That was their two-point play. My thought is it's first and goal at the three. I'm pretty sure Chris Warren can get you three yards on three or four cracks right he there. He did average 3.8 yards per carry. Yeah, mm. right in the wheelhouse. Mm. Math. So, you know. <laughs> two you feet to spare. Get in the end zone. <laughs> get in the end zone, and maybe you save that two-point play. Because at that point, using some Brian Harson logic, yeah. uh, one of the things he always talked about that I liked, and it was to his detriment and my sanity at times, said, you, know, you go into a game, there's always two or three silver bullets you've got stored away for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. You don't touch those unless you get to that scenario and that's situation yeah in other words we like we we think we can really have success with this double reverse pass but we're only going to do it if we get into this scenario and if that's your two-point play then save that for your two-point play just trust your 255 pound back that he can get you three yards on four different cracks they don't like that guy i don't Mm -hmm. care they don't like him at least so in this situation it's that simple we can stop talking about like like it's some football i know they don't but why does that even matter they don't like no, it does matter. It matters because well, and I think you they, brought in Tom Harmon, a guy to change the culture. You want him to change the culture based on his opinions, things. And now, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm saying his opinion is right now, and he can say all he wants. So he can tap dance around all he wants to about uh, 3.8 yards of carry, and we got to do more to give him the ball. The eye and, laceration didn't come up today, by right? the way, like it did after the game. All right. You're eye telling left. me a guy, this guy has. Yeah, eye laceration. That's what. Oh, yeah. I know that's the newest Ooh, one that somebody that poked him in suck. the eye. Anyway, it's pretty obvious and pretty transparent. They don't like him. I trust him. It was obvious versus Maryland when he only got, what, six carries? Mm-hmm. And it's obvious now when he only get four carries versus USC. They didn't forget about him. I don't, I'm don't. i not for buying the poke in the eye thing because I saw him later in the game. They trusted him to go block. They don't like him. They don't trust him for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. Well, they, it could just be a, he's a bad – they think he's uh, he's a bad practice That's what player. they say. And remember, Armonte Foreman, who's bad been balling out, too. all right? And we all agree Armonte Foreman should be on the damn field more. Mm-hmm. He's, got, he's got a touchdown in every game they played. All right, he's been balling. Up behind Colin Johnson. He's the best receiver they got production-wise, all right? Yeah. And yet, uh, even Tom Harmon admitted today, mm-hmm. he said, oh, no, he was a bad, he was a terrible practice Both player. That's why I didn't pay him. So I don't know. I think going to Chris Warren, I don't know if he's been a bad practice player or if he doesn't like the fact that he hasn't been durable enough, he hasn't bought in. Whatever the reason is, mm-hmm. Tom Harmon and that staff don't like Chris Warren. And they're, they're using him all right, as an example. Yeah. yeah to everybody in that program, Foundation. you can be cold, but if you don't buy into my program, you will not play. And that's, that's that's just my theory. My yeah. theory. I'm, I'm just looking at what that. I'm just looking at it because I'm with you. 250 pound run. Both of the guys. It's pretty damn obvious he should be playing. In some I don't situation. give a damn if he's a bad guy. I got to win this game. Exactly. exactly. True. No, no, no. That's, that's why I think it goes deep. That's why I think it's deep. It's like, hey, yeah. everybody look because everybody in locker room should be playing. Everybody in locker room yeah. It's a long term. Hey, but you will not play for me if you don't buy in. If you if you don't buy into what I'm saying, this guy will micromanage everything down to your color okay right. mm-hmm. so you, and then he's all of a sudden oh we just lost chris warren in the shuffle our bad yeah right <laughs> yeah right uh, i don't believe that for a second and y'all shouldn't need it no it's ex- right? you're spot on he's That's talked about truth. it they and he's been like transparent him. now you can take it a grain of salt of what they say in press conferences and what to believe but it seems like he's pretty honest about that he you gotta show up and he even said it about bouchelle it was like well bouchelle we got 10 more days so we got to see how he practices until then so with that situation you know you see those guys and maybe it will be 
be better for the long term. But as you say, Jeff, it's frustrating now whenever you're at the three and you're trying to pl- plunge it in and you don't have the happened. guy. But at least in that case, I would say look at the numbers, too. put two. Kyle Porter in the game. See, Clint, you can't make Kyle Porter happen. I love Kyle Porter, but Kyle Porter can't change games You're like a Division that. One running back. If you can't get three yards on four different cracks, then quit. You've seen Kyle well, Porter. No, you that, know he's it, not I think that it's explosive. more, though, about the offensive just line than just the skill players. It's three freaking yards. Well, I know, and that's why <laughs> they yards. use and you what, and they used the play action. Who's averaging 3.8? Who you don't Boom. Like. I know I'm not a mathematician, but I think Chris Warren can get you three freaking yards on first and goal at the three. He averaged five yards per carry versus, versus Maryland. He averaged 10 yards per carry versus San Jose State. Almost mm. four versus USC. Averaged nine yards per carry going into the USC game. You won't use them on what? What'd you say it was? What was it? First four? and goal at the three. At first least they did the score, though. They, they don't play like that and guy. They yeah, I don't know. Listen, I think it's what, productive. What's, what's, it's a I great, know they don't like there's him. A great, there's a great book. Uh, there's a great book. It made it to a movie called He's Just Not Into You. Yeah. Because they because it is trying to explain to women who want to know oh, why why didn't this guy call me why didn't this guy do that why did he uh why did he text me at three in the morning but didn't text me the next day why didn't this guy why did he make me pay for dinner when we went on a date and it, and and the book is a thick book but it all boils down to one damn thing to answer all those women's questions about all their uncertainty about the opposite sex that guy just ain't into you because if a guy really likes you you will know but yeah. you know you what? will know he will make the commitment he will make the effort they don't like this guy. But do you know what, act, you know what <laughs> right now? But if no, he practices listen, well, I bet in five maybe days they'll changes. like him. That's right why now, it's not absolute. Here's what, here's what they don't part, want him out here's there. what partially yeah. shoots the theory we're talking about down. Go to the second the second overtime possession. Third and seven at the USC 22. You know what the play is? An 11-yard pass, Sam Ellen or Chris Warren for a freaking first down. No, that shoots down the theory about the eye thing. that it, they, they poked it eye. <laughs> then why? If you don't like him, why is he on the field in a critical situation? Then don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Put him on the field on first and goal to three. We are we are yelling at each other, but we Give agree. Give him the damn ball. We agree. Well, it's so funny because the what he's so upset about is the yeah. position where they scored. I didn't scored. think I was going to get mad during this podcast. No, good Lord. But it, no, it's so absurd that they they want us to believe that, ah, oh, we just forget. Like, like you got all of these like all these great playmakers on offense. You're just going to forget about your 250-by running back. Like, this is Texas 2005 where a 250-by running back gets lost in the bench somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, no. This isn't like shoving Selvin Young aside. Hey, Jamal Charles is really good, so <laughs> Selvin, you might not get as many carries this week. Exactly. So it's like they, they I don't know. What, I'm not saying, like, I, you know, I, I spoke to somebody. This is my theory. They don't – I know football enough to know it's a meritocracy. Mm-hmm. And the best players play, especially against USC. And oh. they did not want him out there. They don't trust him. Whether it's a trust, going back to what Matt and I were talking about, about the, he's a bad practice player. Maybe when Char, maybe when Tom Herman got there, he told him, I like Charlie Strong better. I don't know what the hell happened, okay? But they don't like that young man. They don't like him as a football player. All right. Let's kind of move off from Chris Warren for a second before I – It's a curious a, case of Chris Warren the third. Before man. I stroke out on the we, podcast. We've had these kind of frustrating players like DJ, DJ Deontay Monroe, Foreman two years Deontay ago. Deontay Foreman. Marquise Goodwin was like that for a while. Boy, feel like, Jonathan Gray. DJ. Don't pee on my leg and yeah. tell me it's raining. And I know I'll use yeah. that analogy Why a lot. Why can't you get that guy to buy? Remember the hash, remember the hash mark don't, excuse? Don't. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> DJ, I had that brought up to me today. <laughs> it was a hash mark. Oh, really? <laughs> Ten flat hundred meter guy, Olympic long jumper, and the ball's got to be on the right damn hash mark. See, I just praised Brian Harson, Rod, and you just bring it back to where I got to dump on Coach Harson again. Oh man, no, this is Tim. We dump oh. on Tim Beck here. Now. Okay, so here's my issue with Tim Beck. This is the trend, and this goes back to every the big knock I heard against Tim Beck. And you know, you talk to people around the Ohio State program, and you can only put so much of their issues on Tim Beck. Which, by the way, go back and watch the OU game. Tim Beck's gone; they're still having the same issues. So that That's is, true. you know, take that for what it's worth. But you talk to people in Nebraska about Tim Beck. And people in Nebraska told me that covered this guy were around him. Hey, if he had his druthers, he would throw it every single play if he could. Mm. That's just his nature. Man's got a rep. And I go back to rep. I know I keep talking about it, but Tim Beck said the purest game he ever called was that Holiday Bowl, his last game in Nebraska against USC. And with Tommy Armstrong as his quarterback, he threw the ball 52 times against USC. And some, and I brought that up today. And <laughs> one of my media colleagues said, he said, so you you, you think he's he's willing to throw it that much with Sam Ellinger? I'm like, and I love Tommy Armstrong, but I'm like, if he's willing to throw it 50 effing times with Tommy Armstrong as his quarterback, hell yes he'll throw it 50 times with Sam Ellinger or Shane Bouchelle as his quarterback. That's crazy. I, I but, it, but here's my issue with that, with Tim Beck. If Tom Herman doesn't like it, get on the damn headset and tell your offensive coordinator you don't like it. You're the head coach. 
but he's an offensive guy too. That's why I find it hard to believe that this has not been it. The, the game plans and the adjustments are, if if not just approved by Tom Herman, then you know what I mean, in partly executed, help, helping to execute it. You know what I mean? I know he's got other things going on, but I'm with you. I, I find it hard to believe that. Tim Beck could abandon the running game the way he has and the way he has proven That's a bad default to fall back on, Rod. Like, you're telling me your offensive line has issues, yet in the second quarter, Matt, I don't know if you chart or not, Mm -hmm. it seemed like every play was a drop-back pass. I'm like, why? they ran it seven times and threw it seven times. Why are you— Then you had four sacks. Why are you going to drop— Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Looking at it, the last three play, but I mean, we're talking about five consecutive pass plays in the final minute. So if you're really looking at the entire drive, they ran it more than they threw it. But that's looking at the whole quarter instead of just when you're in a two-minute offense. They still, I mean, it seemed it, it didn't stand out to me, but we all saw the game, you know, differently from different views. I would like I just, to see them actually have Warren on the field more so, but it looked as if they had no success running the okay, ball. So I don't want to knock my head into a wall if you literally had ran the ball 13 times for. 19 yards at halftime, and it at no point was ever getting any better unless you were giving it to Foreman or letting Ellinger run it. The, the real frustration has been for Longhorn fan. We talked about the troubling trend of Tim Beck, and you're talking about the reputation now of one Tim Beck. And remember, one thing about offensive coordinators, their reputations, sometimes they're unfair, and a lot of times they're they're right on. Sean Watson. Sean Watson. <laughs> like, a lot of times they're right on about the reputation of certain offensive coordinators. And the one thing that I'll, I'll, I'll throw out there about this offense, and I think it's been frustrating for fans, I think this is an accumulation of frustration. It still exists on the 40 mm-hmm. acres. All right, you talked about the play call. You talked about Watson. Hell, man, it still exists on the 40 mm-hmm. acres. You talked about the play call. You talked about Watson. Hell, man, you got seven different play callers on the 40 acres since what 2010 so there's been a lot of guys calling plays on the 40 acres different cultures the the offensive the lack of an offensive identity is frustrating because usually an offensive identity is pretty simple and the best way to forge one is just find a way to force feed the ball to your best football players your best playmakers the only time we've seen that in texas during this decade was last year well and colin johnson on saturday and form and foreman was that kind of guy where it was almost charlie strong kind of fell tripped and fell into that because he couldn't deny deontay foreman was the only option he had with a bad, not a bad offensive line, a subpar offensive line, and he can run behind subpar offensive line play. So yesterday, getting back to what Matt just brought up, and I was going there, Colin Johnson, he was really their their best offensive weapon. So their offensive identity, I mean, versus USC last game, was simply, at least late in the game as it evolved, mm-hmm. was just to get the get the ball to Colin Johnson. If, they, and if he's in man-to-man coverage, he's open. If yeah. he's in man-to-man yeah. coverage, throw it to him, he's open, he'll win the 50-50 ball. The, the, I'm frustrated because it's seems to me you could do the same thing with Chris Warren in the backfield and have your passing game identity built around Colin Johnson, run game built around 250-pound running back. And the point is this, what, what they don't understand about when you hmm. force-feed something to your best football player is defenses have to adjust. When they started force-feeding the ball to Colin Johnson, man-to-man coverage, he's open, what did USC do? They put a doubling that dude, man. We got to put somebody on him. Either up high or down low, we got to put two guys on him. Roll that damn coverage over there, man. We cannot give him that. Oh, that led to man the man comes with it, Monty Foreman. Okay, boom. You know what I mean? It opens up other things because the defense is going to over-adjust to try to take away your strength. Right. And if you do that with the Chris Warren, you'll forge an identity there. They'll put eight in the box. They'll bring the safety down. You'll get more of Colin Johnson over the top. So I, I think the frustration is Longhorn fans don't understand why it seems so difficult to forge this identity for Tom right. Harmon. And that, that's spot on. This made me just think of this right now. And I don't, first of all, before I even say it, I don't think that coaches really will long term be trying to you know uh, not care about a game as much or a one game simple but if you look at what's to come with conference play and you look at Texas already having yeah. lost a game and that USC game is sort of the perfect way to send a message to a player like Chris Warren before you get into conference play when in theory all the coaches say all that matters you even heard Tom Herman say that the only thing yeah. that matters to this team our only long term goal every year is to win the conference and then we'll yeah. find it out What's a better time than these games to set the example that now if we see 20 carries and Warren every single play, it may be to light that fire under him and be like, hey, How is the fire pro- not lit after the Well, I know. Game. I'm just throwing a theory. I don't know. Seriously. But just at this point, if we see something change, it would at least align in what their envision and goal is if we get to – because we're right. We're all saying he clearly looks like the better player. you got to be crazy to not – 
be playing him. What is going on there if you aren't in? That would be maybe my guess that, you know, he's letting Porter, maybe not letting, but Porter is getting an opportunity if you haven't separated yourself on all days of the month instead of just on Saturdays. But who knows? All right, break time on the show. But when we come back, more Texas USC talk on the other side on Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. The offensive line at this point, it's it's on the verge of being a liability because Connor Williams, do you think there's a chance, I had this discussion at lunch today, you think there's a chance Connor Williams has played his last snap at Texas? I, I, I hope. I hope so, actually, because I don't. I, I and I, was, I don't. I don't mean like I hope that yeah. he has played his last time. I, mean, I, I hope, hope he's healthy and he's a first rounder. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> I hope he's healthy enough once he once this season is over mm-hmm. and still so well thought of. Yeah, and that he decides, hey, I need to go get paid for these reps because this could happen to me again as a lineman. And I think and he the, will. The, yeah, that's kind of that's what that's that's what I meant by I hope he does. I hope he, he's healthy at the end of the year and then he's still drafted into the first round. I, at this point, man, I don't want him to come back here and go from being a guy projected into the first round to being a guy who's lost draft stock and now gets drafted. In the Rod, what would you season. say? That what would you say the recovery is from a scope for for a torn meniscus? Four to man, six. Man, that's I would yeah somewhere around two months maybe. Maybe. Okay, let's maybe let's let's say more. let's say six weeks. Let's say six weeks. Six weeks. The earliest he could come back would be the TCU game November fourth. That's yeah, not worth it. And then you've yeah. only got four games left in the that's regular season. If I'm Tom Herman, I tell the guy no. Any no. sprains? Yeah, I want like you I'm, done. Go go. Get, if you're gonna leave, get ready for the next. So we're probably we're saying anywhere anywhere from a month to two months. Yeah, and you know I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back. Knowing that kind, of, knowing that guy, the kind of guy he yeah, is. Yeah, I would think he. If he just decided, hey, I'm gonna set it out and just and then, no, not come back this year, but I like come back. Like to Texas to play another year, right? So you're saying you know just I mean? sit out the rest of the year, yeah. heal up, and then boom, and then come, and come back. back. I, I, I wouldn't agree with it. I wouldn't advise it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did it. He's, he strikes me as that I, kind of guy. To me, that scenario makes more sense than him coming back in November. Oh hell no, he better not come back this year. That I would be upset with because yeah. he, he can hurt himself again. Right? Yeah, yeah. Now, nah, yeah. at least you go if you're going to be out. Make sure it heals up completely so you can at least play football again, regardless of whether it's on the NFL level where you're getting paid or at this level where you're projected to be still a first round. Well, and this is more of a meniscus money, repair, right? Because meniscus is normally about three months. But if you're looking at a meniscectomy, which may be the area between if it's just a scope, then it you might be less. But, yeah, I would be – I was just assuming he's gone for the year. There's no, no chance and yeah. there's no reason to. No reason. And even if – maybe if he wanted to in the bowl game because no. he wanted to, like, show that he was healthy, healthy i but i i would say i, so, I already ate it on saturday he's gone for the year There's so before no you get to conference play you've lost your all-american left tackle mm-hmm. you've lost your projected starting right tackle entering the year mm-hmm. and you've lost your number one backup on the interior yeah. and patrick hudson yeah done all done. three of them done yeah williams probably not coming back rodriguez and hudson they're done yeah i agree with you that is i mean i mean it's 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 bad that it's, is bad it's not like this isn't you like Charlie Strong lost his starting quarterback, starting center in the first game. Yeah, he lost Dominus Williams with an angle. You had, you had to kick off, kick Kennedy Estelle off the team. Yeah, I forgot about that Kennedy Estelle. Mm-hmm. Desmond yeah. Harrison was like in a work release program to get out of the Texas. <laughs> I don't know what that yeah, deal was, was all that, about. Yeah, he, Charlie had to deal with some issues too. But just getting back then, you're right. I mean, that's and that's before you even get into Big Twelve play. Yeah. that's where it hurts. And you know, I asked Tom Herman the question today because the kid's name came up twice. You're going from Derek Kerstetter being a kid that ideally you would have liked to red shirt and stashed him away. Now you probably need to go to the big fella and say, hey, we need, you need to get ready to play. It's been the case for a lot of guys, though, right? Cade Brewer. It's just, gosh, man. Rob, with those, Sam Ellinger. With those, with, in an offensive line at quarterback are the two position yeah. groups that are around here for so long. It's like, man, can you just finally get to the point where you can red shirt some guys mm-hmm. and develop some guys and bring guys along? And now you're luxury. back in the cycle all over again. You need those guys to play right away. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. All right. Well, we'll end the show talking some big picture stuff. We, we mentioned the defense and Rod. Oh, yeah. Nobody saw this coming. Uh, None of us could have no. seen this coming. This defensive effort. And here's what I like the most about it. Yeah, it was, we, it was fun the, to watch. Yes, the defensive and offensive, the defensive line made plays and made one-on-one plays that they hadn't made through the first two games. And Malik Jefferson and Anthony Wheeler as a duo looked like the duo I saw on the field at the Under Armour game yeah. when they were recruits and thinking, holy crap, if Texas got both these guys, it, it's going to be on at linebacker. On. But the one thing that I love the most about Todd Orlando's game plan is he decided we're going to find one thing that we can take away. We're going to take away one thing. Mm-hmm. And that one thing was the inside zone running game. Yep. 
it wasn't there. They made an effort to say if we, we they I you can't you can't an offense as dynamic as USC's you can't just play them straight up. Otherwise, just yeah. go with God and hope for the best. Agreed. But they made a point. We're going to take away the inside zone running game, and USC kept hammering it and hammering it and hammering it, and it just was not there. The only success they had running the ball rod was the times that they either ran outside zone or one of those backs bounced it to the outside. Yeah. So credit Todd Orlando for coming up with a great game plan. But the one thing that I think can kick, because stylistically you're going to have to do some different things in the Big 12 with all these spread offenses that make you defend more of the that, field. That, that was not the type of offense that Texas will be facing Correct. in the Big 12. Not which, even close. Which is yeah. something to keep in mind. Yeah. But the one thing, Rod, I think that can carry over is I cannot remember the last time I saw a Texas team tackle in space as well as this team did. On uh, Saturday. I, I agree with that. I, I will take it even further. I don't know if I've seen the defensive backfield play this well since Earl Thomas was in the secondary with that game. High praise. Considering the opponent they're playing against. you know, I mean, And what Sam we had Darnold, seen the first two games. And what we had seen the first two I had not – I mean, there were a few guys, and, you know, there were a couple of guys on offense too. <clears throat> well, Colin Johnson was the one guy on offense. Well, Sam Ellinger too. Um, where you've seen them play their best game they've ever played in the history of their careers on the 40 Acres versus USC on that big stage. Uh, Anthony Wheeler might have had his best game ever. Deshaun Elliott mm-hmm. might have had the best game you've ever seen from him. Hell, Charles Minnie, who had a one hell of a game, too. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some guys. Might have like, been Puna Ford's best game. Puna Ford might have had his best game, too. I mean, there were some guys like, I don't think I've ever seen this guy play this well. I'm watching him for like two and a half years <laughs> now. And that's a credit to Todd Orlando and a credit to the pride of the group. Um, and there are some guys, Malik and Holden Hill. Holden Hill's going to be an All-American, by the way. Holden Hill's playing like the best corner in the Big 12 right now. Yeah. There's not a corner in the Big 12. For the third for the third game in a row when the you're seeing the row, same stuff. Yeah. Man, he's – yeah, I need I, – I didn't want to totally believe it. You know, some of that stuff, you know, he's getting non-offensive touchdowns. Like, okay, he may have just had a really, really lucky day. Maybe he should go buy a lottery ticket. Man, <laughs> yo, man, you might be set. And, you know, the second game versus San Jose State, he played well, but everybody played well versus San Jose State, and they, get, they got the shutout, which is – an admirable thing. Trust me, they, they, they're hard to come by. Versus USC, man, Houghton Hill was a lockdown corner. And literally make, I mean, all he did was pretty much make great open field tackles. That was just kind that of standout play. That fourth down stop was down the best. He, that yeah. was the be, maybe the best open field play I've seen a Texas DB make. I don't even know how long. Yeah. It was, it, there were crossing, crossing routes, uh, kind of shallow crosses designed to pick off the two defensive backs. So the defensive backs will either run oh, into the wide receiver or the- run into each other. He goes around the he goes around the wide receiver. So there is plenty of separation. I was just get th- maybe three yards mm-hmm. in between him and the wide receiver when the wide receiver catches the ball. And the wide receiver has got, I think, like half of half. the field to like run, to try to outrun him to like uh-huh. the sideline if he chose to. And Houghton Hill not only closes the gap so quickly that the, the guy decides, oh, I got to cut it back because I can't beat him to the corner, and then makes the open field tackle when he's cutting yeah. back. Dude, it was that I wanted that play like eight times. I told my girlfriend, I said, it might be the best damn play of the game, but it won't get a lot of love. This was as tough it. as hell to do. Especially on that wet field that was already oh, the first the sod was falling out of underneath people's feet the very first couple of plays. Like they yeah. play so much football there. And for him to make that play and have it right when he's cutting back against it's it was perfect. I mean, you literally thought there was no way he could keep him short, and then he actually gained no yards and lost half a yard back and was two and a half away. It was yeah. insane. I mean, so, deals right, I gave it my hit of the game and it wasn't like a bone jar. No, hit, but it was so that's important. what I've been talking about where so I, important. I just want to see as, and I've been harping Sound. on this. I want to see a Texas DB leverage the ball properly and then come to balance and make a play in space. Was, and, Rod, you can't coach it better than that. You really can't. I mean, it was unbelievable. And another thing I thought was interesting, I mean, obviously, you know, the defense getting after Sam Darnold. I, I think they sacked him three times, picked him off twice, and he ended up having, like, a, a decent stat line in the end. But if you watch that game, even after the game, he admitted, man, I struggled versus that defense. Like, he admitted, like, man, that, yeah. that defense was tough. Yeah. Like, they came out ready to play. And they were asking him, like, to give props to his teammates, and he kept he kept uh, like basically uh, giving props to the Texas defense. Right. Um. So I'll I'll say it, man. I think that if this defense plays this good, they can be the best defense in the Big Twelve. And I know that that's a tall order because I don't think we've ever seen this before. It's like invasion of the body snatchers. I don't know what the hell that was. So <laughs> I, you know, I I, I I am a little bit hesitant to say, oh, they can do this every game, and because it'll change up in the Big Twelve. You got Mason Rudolph and Oklahoma State looks like a freaking. 
football machine. Mm-hmm. Like, I, what happened with Greg Robinson that, when he showed up and the defense changed? It was like you have yeah. a different team out so, there right now. But give give Tyler credit. We challenged him after Maryland. Everybody was like, that was a disgrace. He admitted that it was a disgrace, that it was embarrassing. He's had a shutout since. And then this performance versus USC where that mm-hmm. front seven was the most dominant force on the field. It was I, I had never seen uh, Malcolm Roach and Chris Nelson and Charles Amenhu and those guys play, play at that oh, with that kind even of edge. Wilbon. Wilbon was that, in the backfield on three consecutive plays there. I mean, it was down inside their own goal line. It was impressive. They played like they had been listening to Tupac before the game. Like on, a, hit on, a thir- on a third down <laughs> late in the fourth quarter, Jeffrey McCullough comes up with one of the biggest McCullough. plays of the game. Yeah. No, it really was. They all like I saw a cup. You know, I I saw a couple of breakdowns. I mean, the situational football. Let's talk about it while we talk about the defense, so we don't just uh, make it all about you Rosie. know sunshines and rainbows. The situational football at the end of the first half, where they give up the the, the late touchdown mm-hmm. to, to to Ronald Jones, and then at the end of regulation, where forty five seconds left in the game, and they give up the the, the drive that leads to the game tying field goal to go to overtime lapses in uh, execution for them. And, you know, I, I haven't looked at the film to break it down and see exactly what happened at those times. But um, I just think it was just them. They literally lost their focus. They, for 60 minutes, they were focused. And not 60 minutes. I would say 58 minutes. Yeah. yeah, 59 or whatever minutes they were focused. And they lost focus for, I don't know, 90 seconds. And they gave up 10 points because of it. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. You know what I mean? And um, the, and the game. Mm-hmm. No, the game. game. I mean, that, that was the game. They, at the end of that the regulation, half. everybody. And, now, and my girlfriend's screaming. She's yelling. She's going crazy. And I'm sitting there. She's like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I was like, it ain't over. It ain't. It's not over. Mm-hmm. Not against an NFL quarterback. And I've seen this team give up things. I was like, nah, it ain't over. I say, I, this guy's got some magic. He's got his, he's got some it quality, too. He pulls out when he needs to pull it out. We saw it from Sam. And you saw it from, you saw it from both Sam. Sam Ellinger and Sam mm-hmm. He's got we, some it quality. He even looked dude. like a little mini version of him Ellinger the, did of Darnold. Yeah. Like they they, they just did. looked the same in the Darnold helmet. Darnold struggled, but, man, those two same or three throws type. that he made at the one in the back of the end zone for the touchdown mm-hmm. when he scrambles. Dude, that, that, that's an NFL throw. It's just hard to see guys make yeah, throws and, like that. Yeah, Darnold, by the second half, would just play great. The first half, he missed a few open receivers. That well, the receivers feel dropped good. a lot of passes, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, I was just yeah, – but that's where we out. got lucky right there. We Early did. on when those few things happened and yeah. things were going our way and you kept them scoreless, you knew that then it was going to be a 60-minute game. I think te- I think Texas punched USC in the mouth, and I don't think USC was ready for it. I don't think that offense was ready for it. I don't think they were ready for that defense. No. The only no. people in that 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 knew Texas was going to play like that maybe was the Texas uh guy Texas players on that defense in that locker room. Other than that, there was no reason to think they were going to come out and play the best football we've seen that defense play in two years since uh, Charlie Strong's win over Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they may have had a better defensive performance than that. I got to go look yeah. at that that Oklahoma game and see. But they, I think it may have been more impressive. And, you know, I talked about this on the show last week, but Malik Jefferson, I just felt like he was he was going to have a great game. I just felt like it. I don't know yeah. why. Man, he was real amped up when we talked to the players last Tuesday. You know, he was just – Big stage, man. You he can tell, be. man. He's Scouts just, are watching, bro. And I talked to him about it after the game and talk, was talking about the run defense, and he looked at me and he said, point, he said point blank, he said, they were not going to run the football on us. Hmm. He said, we came in here with that mindset. They were not going to run the football on us. Yeah, I was surprised that USC didn't try to attack uh, corners more uh, coming out. Like, I, I thought they would try they to did do late. that initially. They did late. I thought they'd do it early. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought they'd get double moves and go deep balls early. And I thought they'd do it on Chris Paul. Devontae Davis actually did he did he start the game? Due to yeah. uh due to some like issues. Disciplinary issues. Disciplinary Chris issues. Boyd. Okay. Um yeah, I saw that. That's even more reason. I thought, oh, Devontae Davis, I thought they'd go check, check, check. Yep. Check, <laughs> check. Go. You know what I mean? I never saw that by Sam Darnold or by USC, and I expected to see that. And they didn't attack our corners. They did late, but not early on. But uh, man, Rod, this defensive effort—you uh, know—it's—it's it's unrealistic to expect them to do this every week. But if this kind of becomes the trend, then they will have a defense that keeps them in every game. It's yep. just what is this offense going to do to supplement that? And along those lines, as we close out the show this week with, with the time we've got left, we've seen this before, and this is the frustrating thing with this program over the last few years. We've seen a game, whether it's a win or a loss, where you feel like, okay. This is now the chance where you've got a, you can start building something from this. Mm-hmm. You can build off this. Charlie's first year, it was that Oklahoma loss where they outplayed Oklahoma in every possible way except the scoreboard. The following year, it was the Oklahoma the win, win. Yeah. the win over Oklahoma. What did you do after those two games? Wow. The first year, you went out in 14, and two weeks later, you got shut out on the road against K-State. 
and then in, in 15, you went out two weeks later, and you got shut up by Iowa State names. Mm-hmm. So you did nothing with those two games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then last year, we all thought it was the Notre Dame game. Yeah. Well, I thought the Notre Dame game was – and then as P.J. Locke told me Big 12 Media Days, we went out to Cal and boo-booed all over ourselves. Yeah. So every time in Charlie Strong's tenure, this program had a chance to build off of a game, win or lose a game where you can hang your hat on and put that game on the wall and say, this is what it's supposed to look like each and every week. They didn't do it. And I thought it was funny that Tom Herman, we were talking about today, he kept getting questions about how can you keep this going? How do you, how do you worry about not having a letdown against Iowa State? And he made the comment, he says, some of you guys sound like you've got PTSD. Uh yeah we do because we've seen this before. I like that though from him. This is a very ugly bad rerun that we've seen. One and too that's many times. what's really good though to see though because that's us funny. we are viewing this as the Texas program. Tom Herman is viewing it as no that's never happened to me in my program. Why would y'all put those type of memories to what I do not possess? So I like I at least see where he's coming from and like that our coach sees that because he does feel separate from it. But then us as fans. Yeah, you still are going to remember those things because when you're hurt, it sticks with you. And it's how we said it's been a fear-based fan base for about, you know, five years now. That's one good thing that when you were hiring somebody to come in and fix it, that's a guy that doesn't even know that identity and it's foreign to him. Don't bring your old baggage into new relationships, people. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, leave the old baggage, leave Charlie Strong's baggage with Charlie Strong era. This is Tom Herman. Trust me, Tom Herman's got his own baggage to deal with. Yeah, it's piling up already. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of just, Chris Warren and so Tim Beck and everything. It's good news to hear. Forgive that. me if Texas goes out and plays well against Iowa State, and and I don't think it's that big of a deal. Because guess, no. guess what? Get ready to go again because you got K State coming to town the week after. Uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will be the test uh, if they perform. If this team does not uh, perform up to expectations versus Iowa State or Case, because K State lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah. All right, so K State may not be as good as everybody thought either, but that's actually bad for Texas because you want you want to catch K State early before they always have that loss where like man K State's <laughs> terrible that and then they end up State. winning nine games at the end of the year. This is what K State does. Yeah. Uh, so you know with, with Texas, I think that's the measure stick because you perform like this against USC. The expectations now are that you will go out and handle business versus Iowa State. But as you pointed out, we've seen this team sack before. This team does not know how to win. They're still learning how to They right. didn't even win versus USC. Right. Right. That's the whole point, that moral victories are not good enough. You should, you should, that, 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 that loss is hard to, you know, put it this way, but that loss should give you a little bit of confidence, but you've got to understand that, that still was a loss. Mm-hmm. There was a loss, man. So you, you're not yeah. even close to where you need to be. All right, it is time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven, and we will do that on the other side on Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Water. Hey, it's me, Water. Ah, look, about what happened in your apartment with a broken pipe. Um, I just wanted to apologize for ruining all your stuff, and I hope this can all just be some me under the bridge someday. Oh, and also, I'm not paying for anything. Okay, bye. Water never pays for water damage. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Hey, it's Larry. Thanks for calling, but I'm buried in books at the library right now trying to figure out what all these hidden fees are on my mobile bill. State fees, federal fees, administrative fees, NTS surcharge? What the heck is an NTS surcharge? If you know, could you please leave a message? Well, do I need a switch? Getting buried in hidden fees? Switch to Boost Mobile, where your taxes and fees are now included on all plans. Plus, get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE per line for just $50, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. With MetroPCS, you'll spend $5 more and only get two gigs. Sorry, MetroPCS. Switch happens. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 11-217. Primary line is $50 with second line $0 per month. The total sales price includes the charge for services, taxes, and fees. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited talk, text, and data. One-size-speed data. Alarm and 
reached. Speeds reduced to 2G speeds until next line cycle. Comparison based on Metro PCS's two lines for $55 per month. Two gigabyte plan as of 8-21-17. For additional details, visit their website. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Why have over 3 million guys switched to Harry's razors? Because at Harry's, we give you less. We make just one razor with five German-engineered blades. All you need for a smooth and comfortable shave. And we got rid of upcharges. By owning the factory and cutting out the middleman, we're able to sell our high-quality blades for half the price of the other guys. Now we're dropping the half-price sound effects guy. Wait, why? Not everyone can give you high quality for a fraction of the price. Harry's. One perfect razor. None of the extra noise. As a special offer for radio listeners, get an $18 shave set with an added bonus for free when you visit harrys.com and use code 1616 at checkout. Just cover a few bucks for shipping. That's harrys.com, code 1616, for a free shave set offer. Again, it's harrys.com, code 1616. Please note, no sound effects guys were harmed in the making of this radio recording. Allergy sufferers are hearing a lot of numbers these days about symptoms and relief. But the number sufferers want most is zero, as in zero nasal allergy symptoms. And nothing gets you closer to zero than Nasacort. Because unlike antihistamines that stop only one cause of your allergy symptoms, Nasacort stops more. And stopping more gets you closer to zero. For 24-hour relief of your worst nasal allergy symptoms, including congestion, choose Nasacort. It stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. Oh my goodness, I am tired of being known only as the guy who turns into a werewolf at the full moon. There's more to me than that. Just like Geico. Sure, they could save you money, but Geico also has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. So you know people love them. And yeah, I become a man-beast once a month, but I become the world's greatest crepe chef every single Saturday morning. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Hey, it's Larry. Thanks for calling, but I'm buried in books at the library right now trying to figure out what all these hidden fees are on my mobile bill. State fees, federal fees, administrative fees, NTS surcharge? What the heck is an NTS surcharge? If you know, could you please leave a message? Well, do I need a switch? Getting buried in hidden fees? Switch to Boost Mobile, where your taxes and fees are now included on all plans. Plus, get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE per line for just $50, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. With MetroPCS, you'll spend $5 more and only get two gigs. Sorry, MetroPCS. Switch happens. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 11 17 Primary line is $50 with second line $0 per month. The total sales price includes the charge for services, taxes, and fees. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited talk, text, and data. Once high-speed data, alarm and Speeds reduced to 2G speeds until next line cycle. Comparison based on Metro PCS's two lines for $55 per month. Two gigabyte plan as of 8-21-17. For additional details, visit their website. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. And for everybody watching on video, I apologize. I'm a mess. I've had a shoelace untied. I keep knocking my computer charger out of the socket, so I apologize. I'm just a big, a big <laughs> I don't think today. they can see your shoe. <laughs> Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod, we appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at 104.9 The Horn. 104hornfm.com. You can get Rod, the Rodcast every day from 1 to 3. That's right. Get that on uh, the Horn SoundCloud page. Mm-hmm. And you can get this podcast on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. And thanks to Matt, you can get us on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, any podcast app yep, out there. Just type in Longhorn Blitz. You'll find a transparent talk show. Tell you about shoelaces. <laughs> for the whole, for the horn for the horn family for the horns 24 7 family i'm jeff howe thank you so much for downloading and listening and we will catch you again on the next episode you've been listening to longhorn blitz with horns 247.com remember for the latest longhorn news 24 7 visit horns 247.com